so I'm speaking with a composer, Elon Eskeri, whose uh, renowned work has attracted a spotlight to his amazing style and versatility. Uh, his acclaimed and varied filmography consists of films like Stardust, Layer Cake, Hannibal Rising, Coriolanus, uh, Kick-Ass, Centurion, Johnny English Reborn, 47 Ronin, The Invisible Woman, Invisible Woman and many, many more. Uh, he has two very notable recent scores with Still Alice, starring Julianne Moore, which is getting a lot of Oscar attention, and uh, Kevin McDonald's Black Sea coming up, starring Jude Law. Uh, Elon, thank you so much for... Uh, your time and for speaking today. Great, thanks for having me. Uh, so I'd love to uh, to know, kind of start off, how you fell into the music path and what specifically attracted you to uh, film and TV composing. Um, you know what? It was it was a complete accident, like <laughs> like like most things in life. Really, uh, I, I I was 19 years old and I and I knew more than anything else that I wanted to be in the music business. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I suppose there were, there was, there was three main reasons in, in my, you know, as a 19 year old that, that, that I thought I wanted to be in the music business. One, one, I thought that, that I could, uh, that I wouldn't have to work very hard. <laughs> Two, I thought I wouldn't have to work very hard and I'd earn a lot of money. <laughs> And three, I thought that girls would like me. So it's the exact opposite, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, of course, I was wrong on every, on all three counts, I was completely wrong. <laughs> oh, there's a, there's some weird beeping going on here. Just hold on one sec. Let me just see if I can turn it off. Okay, is it a fire alarm? Oh no, it stopped. Yeah, okay. no. Luckily, luckily, it's not a fire alarm. Perfect. <laughs> so, um, so, but it keeps beeping. No, it's all good now. So, um. <laughs> So yeah, and and then and then to top it all off, I uh, I I wanted to. I, I started working for a film composer for Ed Shermer, mm -hmm. and and by the time I I realised that that you know working for a film composer uh, was not actually being in the music business, it was being in the film business. It was all too late. <laughs> and so here I am. <laughs> so it just kind of spiraled and built off itself from there. Yeah, and I, you know, and to be honest, I, I did, you know, I, I did always love film music, and and I, um, and uh, you know, I, I always found it very inspiring, and and, and I, you know, I'm very glad that 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 this is my job. Although, I, I guess I kind of wish I'd had a maybe a and and <laughs> traveling around the world doing that or or at least giving that a go but it but it just it didn't happen that way for me so i mean did i mean uh, and it, it wasn't kind of your uh selected path but were you aware of film music growing up did you were there any composers or films that really kind of spoke to you as you were kind of younger? Well, yeah i mean of course i mean you know right i mean what what child doesn't grow up kind of loving Star Wars and Indiana Jones and, and Back to the Future. I can, I can remember my dad taking me to see that. I can remember the cinema he took me to, uh, to go and see it. And I can remember how much I loved the music. So, so uh, yeah, of course. And, and, and I grew up, my, my first instrument was violin. And, and so I grew up playing classical music. And, and that was, film music was cool classical music. So, so I was always inspired uh, and, and always interested in film music on some level. It's just, it's just you know, teenage, the teenage version of me was into grunge and, and wanted to be a rock star. <laughs> um, 
Well, I mean, looking at your kind of filmography, one of the first things people notice is how diverse in terms of uh, genre it is. Um, so do you kind of have like a specific uh, or different approaches for different genres of films? Like, for instance, you know, did you start writing the score for Stardust the same way that you approached Still Alice? Or do you kind of have the same kind of structured approach that you kind of adapt to every film? Um, oh, that's a very good question. Um, I... I don't know if I would use the word structured for, for, for anything that I do, but, um, but I, I think that in a sense it's the same because, because I think really when you're writing film music, really you're telling a story. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you're not, you're not just writing music. You're first and foremost, you're, you're a filmmaker and you're telling a story. And, and whether you're telling that story by, by you know, playing a, a, a complicated part in a synthesizer or by getting a whole orchestra just to hold one note for 10 bars. It, it, you know, you're just, the most important thing is, that, is, is, is the narrative and, and the storytelling. And, and, you know, and, and through that medium, you want to take people on a journey. And, and, and generally speaking, it's emotional narrative, and that's the journey you're, you're taking people on, and that, that's the, the part of the, 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 the film that you fulfill. Um, and so, so that that sort of, I guess, con- concept is 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 true for whatever film you do. And then, and then surrounding that, for me, the the, the different styles and the different things are, are 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 what's challenging and interesting about the job. The fact that 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 you know, I, you know, one minute I'm, I'm, I find myself working with Ray Fines and I'm having to research. Victorian England, and 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 I learned so much. I, I I spent you know time in a in there's this amazing library of 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 British folk music, and and that that's actually quite near me in Primrose Hill, and then I've researched there on a couple of different projects, and 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 I I love studying and finding out and 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 you know learning about the world, and and so there's that aspect to it, and where you draw your inspirations from. And 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 you can you know I build my ideas from from that or from you know if I'm writing a symphonic score from from classical classical things or you know sometimes if I'm doing a rock and roll score I've collaborated a lot with different rock and roll artists and and I love doing that so so I don't know it, it, in a sense it's all the same but but I love these these different influences right. and I try and bring them into what I'm doing. I'm sorry, that felt like a very long and rambling answer. No, no, it was super. Sense. <laughs> Absolutely, no, that's, uh, um, because I, there, are a few, there are a few composers, and you're one of them, who really do, I think, kind of touch on different areas. You know, some composers find a niche that they fall into, and they're like, okay, this is my thing, but I, I, you know, you do have your voice and style, but I do love that how you grab from all these different places, you know, right. and... Um, and I love collaborating, and I think that's part of it, you know. Right. It's, you know, sometimes... I, I like this idea that that you you know sometimes you bring a musician into work with you bring to the table you know and 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 you kind of riff off that with them and 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 that's good with ethnic musicians it's good with rock and roll musicians you know so right. so yeah there's a, there's there's a lot to learn about music in 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 every form and in every way absolutely and I, I do think collaboration is the key to it a lot of I don't know, there's, if you go on the internet, a lot of purists who kind of go, oh, you know, and they get all rambled on forums. But I think, you know, musicians 
you know, it's a filmmaking is a collaborative process. There's no one thing. Even the director is working with so many different people and everything. So, of course, you're just you're the sort of captain of your, the, you know, the director's the captain of the film, and I'm the captain of the music department. Right. But, um, but you know, uh, yeah, it's definitely about collaboration. And then, of course, there are the there are the scores where it's you know, for, for example, with Still Alice or with The Invisible Woman, those scores were very much just me and the director just really focused. And there are other times when I, when I want to, to, to do that. But, but and even then, you know, uh, when working with small ensembles, like, like um, The Invisible Woman, it was a, a violin and a cello, and not in Still Alice, it was a, a string trio and a piano. The the characters of the the character of the musicians and how they play the instruments comes out so strongly and it was you know I moved the dates around on both those films so that I could get the players that I wanted who I thought were you know it was like casting actors getting the players who I thought were appropriate for the project and and really extracting the performance that was right for the film and and you know. That that was very important as well, and yeah, I know I can see that. It gives you know, music is such a human thing. So the performer or the musician does bring certain aspects, I think, to how they play the music and how it comes out. So I think that's such an interesting process where you go, you know, like you say, like you're casting a film, you're casting your, <coughs> your music. <laughs> but but in terms of that purist thing, it's a bit like you know, if you if you listen to 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 classical music then, you know, people's, you know, interpretations of Beethoven sonatas or uh, can, can be so varied and so extremely different. If you think you apply that to, to, to the pure notes that a film composer writes on a piece of paper, there's interpretation in what the musicians do as well, guided by the composer. But, right. but you want to try and get the musician that you want. For, you know, for me, when I write with, with the London orchestra that I use, I know the musicians so well. I'm like... Well, I've got the trumpet player's style in my head. I know what he's going to do. And if I can't get him, I'm disappointed. <laughs> so as you know, it's like uh, Ridley Scott, you know, getting a movie with uh, Russell Crowe. You know, he works with him all the time. So you kind of know their style and, and all that. Yeah, and what they're going to bring to, to for me, to what, what that musician is going to bring to the notes that I've put on that piece of paper. And speaking of the notes, I mean, when you're looking as a composer and you kind of latch onto certain aspects of a film to help you drive your music, for like, what what kind of uh, pushes your music, I guess, or kind of gets the notes out of you? I mean, like, for instance, I would think like Forty Seven Ronin or Ninja Assassin, you'd be looking more at the editing or the flow of the action, whereas something like Still Alice, you're focused on the character or maybe the performance of you know Julianne or or to pick up the emotional beats. So I mean, how? What are you kind of looking at to what drives the music, I guess? Well, it's, all, it's what I said before, I suppose. It's always emotional narrative, mm -hmm. even in 47 Ronin. And, you know, there's a lot of action in 47 Ronin, but, but still, musically, that's still emotional narrative, you know? Right. It's like the emotion is my heart is racing, you know? That's right. that emotion, you know? Or, or, you know, I'm full of adrenaline and I'm powerful. You know, and and in Still Alice, you know the emotions that that's that's more difficult because the emotions are deeper and much more complex. They aren't, you know, in, in comic book movies by which I mean things like Forty Seven Ronin. You, you know, you you 
the, the, the emotions are quite direct and quite simple, and as they should be, you know? It's like you have the hero, you have the baddie, these things are clear, but, but, but in a film like Still Alice, then the, 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 you know, the morality is, is more like real life. It's not completely clear-cut, and, and the emotions are not completely clear-cut. You know, it, it, this makes me think of, of a moment, something that, that, that uh, the, you know, Julianne Moore's character, Alice, says. She, she's, she's talking to, to her, Alec Baldwin, her husband, and she, says, and, and she says, you know, I wish I had cancer. And, and it's such a terrible thing to say, but then she goes on to explain why, why it would almost be emotionally a, a, a easier thing for her to deal with yeah. if she had cancer than if she had Alzheimer's. And, 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 and even though it's a, a, a complex, you know, emotionally and morally a complex thing to say, it really highlights the, the um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, the... the I don't know, the, the lack of acceptance of Alzheimer's, you know, right. that, that there is in the world at the moment. And, you know, and it's funny that it brings me on to something else that I wanted to talk about, if, if you don't mind, oh, sure. which is that, that one of the reasons I wanted to do the film is, is because it's, it, Alzheimer's has been, a, a, a strangely, a part of my life creatively for, for a, quite a long time now because... Um, I did one of my one of my great friends is Tim Wheeler out of the band Ash, mm -hmm. and his father died from Alzheimer, uh, from Alzheimer's. And another good friend of mine is a director called Matt Whitecross, and he his father also died around the same time from Alzheimer's. And Matt made a film called Ashes, and me and Tim did the score, and it was about it was about a, a man who has Alzheimer's. And it was a very different story to Still Alice. It was a much more fanciful story about, you know, about an old criminal and 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 driving across, you know, a big kind of drive and stuff. But um, but it uh, but, and then Tim has just released his first solo record, which I helped him a lot on and did all the strings and brass on, and that's been part of my life for a while. And that solo record is all about about Tim's experiences with his father in hospital. And, um, and, and so, and then I just did, the, the government here has done a big dementia awareness campaign. And again, me and Tim and Matt have worked on that campaign and we recorded, I get by with a little help from my friends with a lot of different, uh, you know, famous people, Lily Allen and, and Chris Martin and, and uh, uh, Ray Winston and different, different famous people who came along and sang the song with, uh, with a, a woman who's the face of the campaign and suffering from dementia. So, so I'm being a bit long-winded, but I have all these different things in my life that have kind of come, come together and, and it's a subject that, that's very close to my heart and a charity that I support. And so it, was, it, it really came at a, an, a, an interesting moment for me this film and 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 it was a it was it was a moment at which I, it was almost cathartic you know I could really dig deep into these things that I've done and come up with my own emotional response right and in the framework of 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 Richards and Wash's film and 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 uh, Julianne's performance right and I, I mean I was going to actually ask you that because it is a very prevalent disease in our society that um, I guess doesn't have the attention or the spotlight that a lot of things have. And my grandmother, 
uh, had Alzheimer's and we watched her go uh, through that entire process before she passed away. So, um, but does that, you know, look, looking at the, the character in Still Alice and the disease that she's coping with, does that affect the music at all? I know it doesn't play kind of to the psychological process of the music of what it's doing in the film because it is kind of a breaking down of the mind. So does that, did that affect how the, the notes in your music at all? Yeah, it definitely did. I, 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 there's, there's two answers. There's a conceptual answer and, and, and an emotional answer. And I'm always wary of the conceptual stuff because ultimately music's music. If it works, it works. Right. But it's nice to have a, a starting point, you know, to, to decide, you know, am I going to paint it on a big canvas or a small canvas or what is it going to be? Right. And, and, you know, I like this idea that there's no, there's no art without resistance from the medium, you know, and, mm -hmm you're a poor artist and all you can afford is small canvases, then you make a series of small paintings and you become famous for that or something, you know? Right. And so, so I do try to set up like a, 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 some sort of a rule. I don't have to stick to it. And on Still Alice, I, 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 we talked about string quartets. We talked about piano. And then I thought, uh, actually, string quartet is almost too easy. Uh, well, the solo instruments thing was important. Sorry, I'm jumping around. But that was important so that you could feel close and up front with the instruments, not too reverby, not too, you know, you could feel like like you were close to the performances and to the players, and to, the, to the sound, you know, the sort of quirky sound, the sound of the bow touching the string, you know. We wanted to have all of that. But then the reason I wanted to do trio and not quartet is because... Trios are a notoriously difficult medium to write for. Few composers historically did it. They generally wrote, wrote string quartets. And the reason it's difficult is because, you know, in a chord, you have three notes. At its most basic, a chord is made up of three notes. And if you, if you have your top line, your tune, and your bass line playing the same note, and then a quartet, you've got two other people to fill in the two other notes, Right. Right. But in a trio, you don't have that. So all three players have to be playing three different notes all of the time in a trio to complete a chord, if you want a chord. Mm -hmm. And that makes it a difficult medium to write for. And I liked the challenge of that because I thought maybe sometimes I'm going to get to a place where I can't do that and there'll be a note missing. And this idea of, of notes being missing or it being hard to get to the note that you needed to get to, to me was a, at least intellectually was a uh, a reflection of of the disease and um and so that was one starting off point for me and and then the other the, the other one was was an emotional one which I, I guess is just harder to explain because you know, I, I don't really, I'm not sure where that comes from. That's the, in a sense, the scariest bit of being a film composer. You know, you have to, you have to imagine an emotion and then try to express that. Right. And, and for me, that's a moment, you know, the, the, being a film composer, there's, there's sort of two disciplines. There's the craft element where, where, you know, you've got a melody and you just have to knock that into being a cue that fits the scene. It's like building a chest of drawers. You can teach people how to do that. It's, there's, it's a craft, right? right? But then there's coming up with a tune or coming up with the notes, whether it's a melody or whatever it is. And that is, that's just 
pure creativity. It's impossible for me to explain where that comes from. That's the bit where I spend three days going, nope, I've come up with nothing. I'm going to get fired. I don't know what I'm going to do. I got lucky the other times, but this time I'm just not getting lucky. And then somehow or another, you know, it, 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 and you find something and, you know, musically they're, they're kind of four main ideas, four main ideas in the film. And, and, they they go from the the sort of sort of very simple uh, diatonic harmony, just very simple melodic stuff, to the increasingly more complicated. You know, there, there's it's almost like you start kind of in the early sort of classical period, mm -hmm. and then as it gets more romantic, the harmony gets a bit more dysfunctional, and and there's this piano piece later on in the film that I like. Which is an, a theme, and 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 it's kind of the chords are quite complicated and a bit, you know, there's sort of a wrong note in it somewhere. It's a bit uncomfortable, and and then there's the extreme version of that, which is which often plays when she's when she's having an episode, which is a, meant to play her sort of internal emotion of of disorientation, and that was that was a very technical where you can write chords for, for string instruments and they just play a note but then they can brush the string across the, the bow across the other strings and I'd pick like these sort of slightly uncomfortable notes so they'd just be playing a note and then they go just with the I, I'm showing you and I'm not explaining <laughs> for the audio interview but they'd suddenly just brush the bow across the other notes and come back to the note that they were on just quite quickly so it's like a spark like the synapse is going wow. or something but in a slightly uncomfortable way and then it was very difficult for me to demo this because the technique that I wanted was also, I, I got them to just not put any pressure on the string, just literally just brush the, the bow across the string and, and just airily brush it across. And also this technique called sulpont where you, where you play really close to the bridge and it creates this sort of slightly metallic sound. And, and sometimes like that, or sometimes the extreme opposite of playing right on the fingerboard, which gives you this kind of whispery soft sound. And so we experimented with these unusual things and with the, even when I wrote the music as the musicians were playing it, I was like, no, it's too much, do less or do this here. We worked on it together with the ensemble together and just created this, I suppose, textural music that is meant to be disorientating and slightly uncomfortable and and I suppose a reflection of, of, of what's I guess what I imagine is going on in 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 Alice's mind as she's suffering the the more extreme effects of dementia. Wow, that's fascinating. I can't <laughs> that's an amazing process. And I mean just you speaking about that just kind of reminds me of why, you know, I love film music and how it's just kind of a reflection of the human condition and, and just it's the only thing that's ever made sense to me growing up is like, okay, I get this, you know, so that's so fascinating. Um, Thank you. Um, but just kind of going on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, you did score uh, the upcoming uh, Oscar-winning director Kevin McDonald's Black Sea, uh, which, I mean, my goodness, I, it looks like a, it was such a fun movie uh, to work on. I love that kind of man versus man idea with characters isolated uh, in the unknown, in an unknown environment, away from the structures of and constraints of society. So kind of what was the goal? I mean, it's a submarine thriller. Um, they're searching for gold in an old U-boat, and these guys to start... I know it reminded me of like John Carpenter's The Thing, but it's just like a lot of psychological <laughs> things going on. Everyone wants to 
you know, doesn't trust anybody. Yeah. So how, well, how was the musical approach for that film? Well, that was, that was, um, it, it, it was quite tricky because we were trying to find, a, he didn't want a, a sort of old fashioned, normal kind of a score. He didn't want an orchestral score. And he wanted to find uh, some unusual sounds and, and build an unusual sound world. And so, um, so I, I started looking at a lot of rhythmic stuff uh, that I thought would, you know, I, I imagine what, what would happen if I walked around a submarine and recorded myself banging bits of metal on other bits of metal in a, in a submarine. And I tried to build percussive tracks like that which were a lot of the, 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 the backbone of the score. I also, there's an uncomfortableness about, you know, the, the, the British guys and the Russian guys and how they don't fit in with each other. So I wanted to write a bunch of it in 5-4, in this slightly sort of, uh, you know, jagged rhythm. And, um, and then I played... I played a lot of really scratchy violin stuff, which is all I'm capable of doing on a violin. <laughs> it's me at my best. Um, and, and sometimes pitch, used pitch and time uh, in, you know, in Pro Tools to, to, to make it a bit weirder or slowed down. And, and then I also have this strange instrument called a strovial, which is, um, which is it, it's kind of like a steampunk instrument. It's from the very late 1800s and early early 1900s and uh and it's like my one is just a single string one but you can get violin and cello versions but if you imagine it's like a single string on a on a piece of wood and on, it's got a metal bridge that that vibrates when when you and that vibrates to a membrane a, a round membrane inside the piece of wood and then attached to that and the side of it is a gramophone record horn <laughs> or metal and so it's like this metallic string sound it's That's very awesome. unusual and so i and so i was you should look it up online just it's called strovial s-t-r-o-v-i-o-l strovial you know what's really funny is that i bought it in paris actually where my grandmother lives there's was, there was a great old um music shop that sells these wacky instruments but, uh, but what I love about it is it was, it's made in Britain, but I bought it in Paris, so it was made in Britain years ago. And then on the side of it, it says concert model. And I always wonder what like, the home model was. <laughs> but, um, but, but I used that a lot to make some kind of weird, kind of unusual, metallic-y, stringy sounds. And then, and then we did also do some strings, string motors, and some... For the more sort of epic submarine moments, I, I see. I did a, I did like a sort of small string section, and then I did like a giant brass section, mm. and so I did them separately. Like together, it would have never worked. Um, so that's you could have these big epic brass chords, and then as the movie goes along, it becomes you know, uh, and it becomes a little more emotional. Especially to the end, it needed to just be slightly less of this unusual stuff I'm talking about and, and a bit more emotional. And, and the other thing I did as well is I used this thing called the octatonic scale, which is whole tone, semitone, whole tone, semitone. And I used that for when they were underwater a lot to just create this sort of disorientation and this sort of weird, uncomfortable harmony. So it was a lot about 
being uncomfortable and disorientation and you know uncomfortable harmony and stuff so yeah it was it was um it was fun to work with kevin i'd wanted to work with him uh and uh you know it had never really worked but um but it was great to finally do a project together and also jude law i love jude law in it i love this his this this new sort of sort of more rugged action hero thing that he's doing nowadays. Oh yeah, this, uh, oh God, what was the, the, the movie that he was in? I think uh, Rolf Kent. Uh, Dom Hemingway. Yeah, Dom Hemingway, Rolf Kent. He was brilliant in that. Yeah. And this is, I think, continuing this new direction. And and I think that's just really brilliant that, that, that he's doing that. And it was a really, it was a real pleasure to, to be able to write music for his character. He really brought it, brought that character to life in a very sort of down to earth, real, dark way, you know? No, it definitely seems like my type of film. So I can't. I think it comes out in January. Uh, yeah, it actually it opens today in the UK, but yeah, but January. Yeah, January over here. So <laughs> I definitely yeah. want to check that out. But to uh, to I mean, we've discussed so much. But to to wrap up everything, um, I always like to ask composers this one question, not really related to anything we talked about, but if you could score any film ever made, pretending the original score never existed, pretending the original composer never touched the film, what film would you choose? Oh, that is a that is a good question. But you know what's so hard about that question is 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 that is that any film that I would choose? I already love the score of <laughs> so what, much. You got to pretend like it never existed. That's okay, <laughs> I think it would. I think it. I think it might have to be Simbad. Wow, that's awesome. No one's ever said that. Really, yeah. oh, I love that movie. That's as a child. That's like up there with me for Empire Strikes Back and 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 uh, yeah, or maybe or maybe Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah, all that kind of that famous, famous skeletons. Yes. You know, <laughs> that would be amazing. In fact, in fact, I'm changing from Sinbad. I'm Jason and the Argonauts. Okay, perfect answer. <laughs> um, but Elon, uh, thank you so much for your time today and for speaking. This is one of the you know, one of the most awesome discussions that I've had, so you definitely... Oh, brilliant. All right, it's a total pleasure. Great. Thanks for taking the time.